One. Alright, hello, welcome and bienvenue, Kanichiwa. It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again. Episode 161 on Sunday the 29th of November. I'm Armish Phil. I'm Armish Ben. I'm Armish Matt. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. Oh, we've got a special guest on the line. We've got <laughs> Dangerous Dan, the millennial man. <laughs> Hiya, Phil, how are you doing? I'm, I'm alright, Dangerous Dan, the millennial man. How are you? I'm alright, thank you. Sorry for being a bit late. It's all right. You're, it's fine. You're our honoured guest. Like, hmm. You were, we were just about to talk about the uh, Mike Tyson Roy Jones Junior fight <laughs> that none of us have seen. Yeah, and you were going to give us a breakdown. Yeah, blow by blow. My round. Mm-hmm. What was your scorecard look like? Um, I mean, from the illegal highlights that I watched this morning because I didn't want to stay up till one a.m. Um, Mike looked pretty good. He moved and he punched well, and the other guy held him for a lot of it. Right. Um, and then my uh, illegal download went off because it was copyrighted. So I don't know who won. Thank you. <laughs> I, I heard it described by Snoop Dogg, no less, um, as like a fight between two uncles at a barbecue. Nice. <laughs> I thought like it was. It looked more coordinated than that, but I mean, I was watching a guy watching the fight, like it was video with a potato. So, you know, it was what it was. Do we, do we not know who won then? I don't know who won. They drew. It was an honourable draw. I think they were short rounds, weren't they, as well, or something? They're not shorter rounds. I think they'd have probably. To. They weren't allowed to knock each other out, were they? But I don't know no. how you do that. Although I could definitely not knock someone out, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm capable of not knocking Mike Tyson out, yeah. <laughs> he's 54, isn't he? And I thought he was older than that. I thought 54. the guy was 51 and he was 58. No, 54 and 51, I think. He's an incredible shape, though. Which one? Both are in pretty good nick. You still haven't elaborated. From the the seven pixels that I had to go off, they looked in pretty good, Nick. We still have an oblong shape then in that seven pixels. (laughs) Jet set Willy. (laughs) Better shape. He'll have better shape than me in pixel form. So, yeah. What's Um, it called? Looked decent, yeah. What's he called? There was a lot of boxing on, wasn't there? uh, On The Simpsons. What's Mike Tyson called on The Simpsons? Anybody can throw that out there? There's a oh, game no of it. Idea. No? Oh, well. Leave it there, then. What's the answer? Don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> That's why I was asking you. This is great content. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Do another. It's just because you mentioned the pixelated uh, uh, game. I mean, they play a game on the Simpsons with him fighting and uh, mm. the fucking, what's he called, the promoter with the hair? Don King. Don King. Yeah. Yeah, come, I'm sure he's in it as well. Uh, knock, uh, Mike Tyson's something. No, oh, he has a, he has a Simpsons name. Yes, Crushing McGrew or something. You know, yeah, like uh, Rainier Wolf Castle. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
So. All right, I'll, uh, I'll Google. I'll I'll be Simpsons Mike Tyson. Well, while Matt's googling this, oh, go Dredrick Tatum. Dredrick Tatum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's heavily based on Mike Tyson. <laughs> In case you didn't know, did he did, did he go into beef mode? Uh, yes, he did. Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan, something I wanted to ask you about while you're here. Your your favourite Canadian psychologist is back on the scene. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, yeah. New book. Out of rehab. Yeah. Is he? That's given him a new edge, isn't it? Coming out of rehab. He's just got more interesting. Um, what did you want me to add to that? Uh, have you been following the story? Because I know you, yeah, you, yeah. you're hot for his daughter, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't understand how. We're talking about sorry. We're talking about Jordan Peterson here. Because oh. we didn't mention that. I don't think. Sigmund oh, right. Freud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't get how, as a psychiatrist, when he got prescribed that stuff, he wasn't more aware of how addictive it could be. He's not a psychiatrist, Dan. He is. Pseudo scientist. No, he's not. He's a clinical <laughs> psychologist. Is he? Yeah, he's not a psychiatrist. He's seen different titles all the time. I've definitely seen him referred to as a psychiatrist. Yeah, well, um, he's a pop author. I just thought he'd be a little bit more clued up, but that makes a bit more sense now. But uh, sounds minging though, doesn't it? Well, what was the, con- the condition? Was it called? Is it called analgesia or something? What's that? The condition he had where you're just completely restless. You cannot sleep. Oh, yeah, fuck. Is a, I don't know the I don't know the science from it. I just know. <laughs> The anecdotes and my own opinion mixed in between it all. So I don't really know what he had, but it sounded horrible. You know the the book, the man who mistake his wife for a hat. Yeah, it's it's like one of those types of conditions he had. All oh, right, okay. Uh, like a really bad psychological, or I don't know, I don't know what you call them. Is it brought on through stress because of his wife, something like that? That's what he said, wasn't it? That's what I read, and it was something to do with his wife having cancer and he started taking Xanax or whatever. Why are you saying it like that, Matt? Like what? Like it might not be true. Because it might not be true. Don't tarnish the image. Man can do no wrong. Look at the daughter he's produced. Uh, she's fucking nuts as well. <sighs> she's not. She has a food problem. She has yeah. um, an autoimmune condition, doesn't uh, she? Same thing. What's what's her daughter's condition? You know, um, she has arthritis, doesn't she? A lot of a lot of things that she ate used to react badly. Whether that's the gist I got, juvenile no, arthritis. Not, not PKU, is it? Phenylketonuria. Will you? Um, that's what you have your prick test for, and you heal on your Excuse me. Prick <laughs> test. You pass every time, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that. I know that's uh, that's a permanent dietary issue condition. I, I think if she, she went to protein. meat diet, yeah, oh. she, I thought I got the. I thought she ate, started eating beef, uh, meat only, and then all her uh, conditions subsided. But yeah, that's what I heard as well. That's what I heard. She calls it the lion diet. Hmm. She might just own a, a farm and she's got shares in loads of meat industries. You know, farms know. lions. <laughs> she has um, Tiger King. You can, she has a, a like a diet plan, doesn't she? You can buy into. 
It's called the lion mm. lion diet. Mm. So apparently, all the money. Yeah, but yeah, it's an interesting case, Jordan Peterson. It's got a new book coming out. Is uh, it? Yeah, it's coming out in March, I think. He announced. Oh, is it, it the the Bible stuff? No, mm. no, it's oh, the sequel. It? The sequel, Twelve More Rules for Life. Oh. Twelve more. Oh, Never 24. do a sequel. Beyond the Bible only has leave ten. It. <laughs> uh, Beyond Order is the subject. I mean, I will buy it. But... Beyond Order. Yeah. What's Beyond Order? Chaos. Mm. Chaos surrounds order. Well, it's a balancing act, isn't it? That was his whole point in the first book. Mm. Too much of one way or the other is uh, is bad news. You've, you've got to try and live in harmony between the order and the chaos. Oh, so one rule 13 is going to be throw all your clothes on the floor in your bedroom and don't bother tidying it, just for balance. That's chaos, yeah. Well, is that, so is it going to be the opposite of his previous rules? Not verbatim, I'd be daft. <laughs> Did you read it, Ben, his first book? Yeah. Well, I had it read to me. <laughs> By Jordan Peterson, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> It's all about the postmodern neo-Marxism, eh? <laughs> Not Elmer Fudd. <laughs> I, I like him. He gets a lot of flack, doesn't he? Did you hear what happened? Uh, well, obviously not, Dan, because you didn't know that his book was being released, but he announced, it was a surprise announcement this week, that his book was coming out imminently, or in a few months. And... Um, they had to have some meetings at uh, Random House, the publishers, because uh, some of their employees were freaking out and crying oh, no. and upset. No. Yeah. He's, he's not woke, is he? Because well, he's a, a, a figurehead of white supremacy. Oh, for God. Oh, right. <laughs> Did you not know? Did you not know me and Dan are white supremacists? I mean, I picked up on the vibe. I knew Phil was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, they had a they've had a bit of a hissy fit, but really? uh, oh, yeah, yeah. They've they've had to have meetings. The publishers created a, a safe space where they can discuss their issues, and we're we're open oh, to hearing yes. everything. I mean, nothing's nothing's going to come of it because you know he I think millions. I think he was one of the biggest selling authors in the world when that first book came out. So it's not yeah, like it was, it's going to drop. You know the phrase, go woke, go broke. <laughs> yeah. Money talks, doesn't it? Brings us all back to capitalism. Can't fight the system. Have you uh, not signed up to his plan, Dan? Isn't, doesn't he have a <laughs> website where you can uh, sign up and... What's it called? The uh, authoring self-authoring. That one, self-authoring. I looked at it and then. What is it? It's gone, Phil. I might have to just quickly Google it. I mean, I'm not signed up to it. I sent a I sent a price and I thought, no, heating first, and then I'll get that. It sounds like sort of a self-guided, a guided self-help sort of thing, really. Where oh. you, you are authoring certain things about your life and what your plans are for the future and sort of That's develop, what we do. Yeah, goal setting. Developing a plan, Isn't yeah, it? and setting goals and then That's what we're supposed to do. Isn't um, that Dianetics? <laughs> well, all therapy's the same really. 
It's just has different frameworks. Oh, it's twenty nine ninety. Got cheap. What dollars? One on my life for thirty quid. For how? Is that for a month or? Um, I mean, I don't want to click the advert, but. <laughs> It's afraid, That's the, afraid of the yeah, cookies. I think maybe a month. It'll change your life for a month, we'll say, for 30 quid. <laughs> change yeah. your month. I'm glad he's back anyway. Thanks for bringing that up, Phil. I, I've, I think we've missed him in the last 12 months or so. I think he's going to have a lot to say about a lot of things. Yeah. Ooh, like what, Dan? What do you think? What subjects in particular do you think is going to be uh... Uh, the handling of COVID? Now he's had it, hasn't he? And the difference between how people have been governed, I think that'd be interesting. Right, I'm sure he's had it. Yeah, yeah, he got it in his. He he got the uh, Sputnik Five vaccine while he was in the. In the Soviet uh, hospital. Oh, yeah. They've, they've been injecting people for months, haven't they? Yeah. Russia. Any news on, on the vaccine performance in Russia? 110%, I heard. <laughs> it's beaten only by the North Korean one. <laughs> yeah, there's been no real talk of the Russian vaccine in our media, has there? Uh, no, yeah, I wonder why. Mm, wonder why. Probably. Wonder who makes it? Does any any big US pharma companies make it? No. No? That pay to the to the news companies? Pay for no. their adverts? No. Maybe that's why we don't hear about it. Plus they've been saying, you know, orange man in bed with Russia for the last four years. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we've got to uh, have to navigate that, won't they? Mm. You know, orange is half red, half yellow. I don't know where I'm going with that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> okay. I was trying to link it to Russia, and uh, but I, I went too far. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Jordan has to say. What do you think he'll be saying about the, the way different countries have handled COVID? Um. In other I'm words, what do you think? Oh, this fence is comfortable. Um, what will he say? Um, I don't know, he's a lot more eloquent than me. Isn't he? I'm trying yeah. to think of what his initial... Oh, I know what he'll do. He'll link it back to that um, that Bill C-64 and how your government can't tell you what to say and then probably go back to this quarantine and how it, you know, breaks all constitutions and all sorts and then very nicely tidy it up in a... 10 minute YouTube video that I'll digest and talk about and cherry pick the information that I understood and try and convince people that I know what he was on about. Yeah, I mean, he, he rose to fa- into prominence, didn't he? Because he was arguing a point of freedom of speech. Mm. And uh, So just general freedom would be a real bugbear for him, I imagine. Yeah, I guess he has some sort of maybe libertarian leanings. Because he's so into <coughs> Soviet Russia mm. and the history there and Solzhenitsyn and mm. all the rest. Loves the gulag, doesn't he? Yeah. I imagine he's he's very aware of the possibility of the state running away, running out of control and locking people up, sending them to the gulags, and it's like a slippery slope, he'll be saying, I guess. 
Mm. I think when it was initially pitched to us, you know, we don't want to overrun the hospitals. It made a lot of sense. Mm. And a lot of people, it made, it didn't, it made a lot of sense. We don't know what was going to happen. Um, and then that sort of reason fizzled out in it after a bit and you were left scratching your head. Um, and now we're here again, 2.0, <laughs> knowing more than what we did, doing the same thing again. In fact, we're even more half hearted, aren't we? Well, we're having a five day break. <laughs> What's that about? Like the virus is just all right. Then we'll we'll just have a five five day break and then we'll pick up again. I don't understand. I don't. I'd rather just do it properly than this half hearted quarantine that we're doing. You'd prefer a Chinese style while people in the houses lockdown. No, but I don't. Just you know, if this was <laughs> earlier in the month, we wouldn't have five days off for Christmas, would we? I don't understand why Christmas is suddenly all right. Then we'll just have five days off. Uh, I think they're in a. They they realise that. Uh, they didn't have the public on side and they won't be able to police it. And oh, so definitely. They, they but, don't, to but, but then we we all know we were going to go to everyone's house and do what we're normally going to do. Yeah. But at least as the government sort of pretend that we were going to see it out properly. We're not, you know, we're half following it anyway. Are we? <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> when I look out my bedroom window, I see people that are definitely not bubbles and they're communicating very closely. And I shake my fist <laughs> and I bang on the window. Do you ring the police? Fucking nuts, isn't it? Yeah, like, so- some of the some, some of the, the, the articles you, you're reading about now, the one I was listening to, I was trying to find one, was this, have you not heard about this fucking reverend or priest that um, someone's reported the live stream of the service that he was doing because he had someone recording him and he was doing the sermon and playing music. Um, so the police burst in and said, Oi, you can't do this. We're arresting you or whatever and find him on the spot. Um, and it's been quashed basically, thankfully. In this country? Yeah. Yeah, you say they need they need people to comply, and it only works if people grasp themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just Nazi Germany. <laughs> you know, you have to convince your neighbours to to grasp yourselves in. To yeah. grasp you in. children. Ch- yeah, or even better, get the kids. <laughs> yeah, get the kids right. to do it. Yeah. My mate got grasped in by his neighbours for having uh, people around. He had his other side neighbours around, and he got an on the spot fine in his house. But these people that Seriously? do bring the police, they exist. These people exist. I remember them in school and they're just older people that just <laughs> buzz off it. You know the types of people that will absolutely get off on ringing the police and complaining. Yeah, Aren't they called Karens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dan- <laughs> Can I just ask Dan as well before we, uh, we talk about anything else? Just exactly how cold are you right now? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty pretty cold. I was yeah. going to launch a GoFundMe off this uh, podcast, so um, if you could all chip in, that great. Um, I don't know how much a plumber is, but your heating's, your heating's not podcast, but your heating's <laughs> not working. Not- can they not donate to my eating? You want to start a fire? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been told off for that. What's uh, what's up with your boiler, Dan? Or if you don't um, I, uh, it keeps saying error code F two. So and you uh, Google that, F2. and it says 
That was it. That's all it says, F2. Uh, have you not Googled it? Uh, no. Well, if you Google the boiler, boiler model name and the code number, you'll uh, find out what the problem is. We can fix we it can, right uh, now. Yeah, we, yeah, we're going to fix your boiler right now. Yeah, if you try to turn it on, on and off again. Yeah, carry your phone <laughs> to your boiler. We'll go through the steps. Yeah, just get a get a hammer. <laughs> your corgi registered, right? And a bucket. <laughs> no, I'll be all right. I've got him coming tonight. I thought you said he was coming around the other day. So how long have you been without a, a boiler? No, well, it went again, so. Oh. Is this a, a personal friend, the plumber who's coming to look at your boiler? Uh, no, no. I don't have any friends that are plumbers. How, do you, how did you come across this tradesperson? Um, it was recommended from a friend, so it feels like a friend. Good. Word of mouth. Recommendation mm. is the best way. Mm. What, yeah. uh, what are you expecting to pay for the first hour of labour? Well, I thought it'd be like an assessment, just sort of getting to know him, just half rates. <laughs> Is that not right? Just a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's what's the going rate for the first hour of a plumber. I don't know. Fifty. Is it? I don't know. I'm asking you. I've never had any boiler issues. Oh well, I'm just thinking what would, charge. what would be a fair price to pay for the first hour labour. Dan says fifty quid. Matt. I don't know. The last the last guy to come service our boiler, he just serviced it, mm. and I think I can remember paying. I don't know. More than more than fifty, but less than a hundred. I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a standard charge, though. He wasn't charging you oh. for the labour. All right. Well, okay. This is where I'm at. It's either heating or a self offering program. So it's one or the other. <laughs> and I'm torn. <laughs> <laughs> What's it, what would you happily pay, Ben, for the first hour of a plumber's time? I think that there'll be a call-out fee, like a standard call-out fee that might be as much as, I don't know, 125 quid. And then if he can fix it in that first hour, it won't cost you any more. But if he has to go to get some parts or he starts sucking in air through his teeth and tapping the pipes, then you're in trouble. Holy shit, you think 120 quid for the first yeah. hour? I, I don't know. I'm fucking jacking my prices up tomorrow. <laughs> well, what would it be then? That's what I'm asking you. What's fair, what would you say, expect I would to pay? Say fair, fair. If he was there for an hour and he just fixed it on the spot, like forty or fifty quid, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would say that's fair. Yeah, you have insurance, so just you just come around and fix it. I can. I think it, there's a certain amount of times I can call them. I'm sure, but our boiler's on the blink all the time. I just phone them up. They come around, fix it. See you next week, kind of thing. My, boiler, my boiler's broken once in... This is quite new. I think it's been in five years. No, it's been longer than that. Mm. Seven years? <coughs> I was broke. The old ones are the best. You can just fix them with like little bits of twisty pipe and stuff. I was, I was broke two, two years ago. And, uh, right. Yeah, I've not got round yet to fixing it. What's wrong with it? Uh, no hot water. What? No hot water. So have you got an immersion or something? No. So how how do you heat, how do you heat your water? Kettle. So you don't have any. How do you have a shower? shower? What? Oh, you got a power shower, an electric shower. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. You genuinely don't have any hot running hot water. No. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, uh... sure I'm pretty sure that your house is classed as a dwelling. You know, for a mortgage without hot water. <laughs> 
You can you can sort of con it if you uh, put the heating on as well. You oh, can right, con okay. it, but that's pack, getting pack it alongside and make it slightly warm. <laughs> yeah. But that's shaky because uh, only if there's enough, pr- you have to make sure you've got a jack the system full of pressure to make that happen. Is it not closed though? Right. Close. The heating system. Yeah, but you can add water. There's a filling loop to add water. Why? Why would you need to do that? To jack She's the pressure close. up. She loses pressure. That's what I, why ours breaks all the time. Low pressure. Mm. Mm, probably got a leak. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can see because it goes into a bucket underneath. The... <laughs> <laughs> right. Please get that fixed. I know. The reason I want to get it fixed is because the boiler is above the uh, the um, consumer unit for the electrics. <clears throat> so uh, I fashioned a shelf and uh, done some rudimentary waterproofing and put a bucket. <laughs> so if it drips, it fills the bucket and doesn't splash onto the electrics. Well, why don't you just move... fix the pipe? I mean, that leaks. You, oh, spelt, I, you spend I, longer making a shelf. <laughs> you spend longer making a shelf to hold the bucket to catch the water than to f- fix no, was, the leak. It was pipe. a shelf that I already had that oh. fit nicely, and then just a bit of sealant on the back. <laughs> But yeah, it loses pressure all the time. They come around and fix it, and it they go away, and it loses pressure again. Do you know what they're doing, Ben? Are they not just filling your system with water? For <laughs> no, you? I can do that. I've got a little, a little. Are you sure? Yeah, they've replaced like whole fittings, fittings, bits of pipe and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's in that bag when they come in? It's just stuff, dirty parts. They go, yeah, "Oh, look yeah. at this." And all they've done is press reset and filled it full of water and they're gone. Yeah, probably, but they're not charging me any more than what I'm paying for the, the thing, the monthly thing. That's fine. I make sure they come out so I get my money's worth, obviously. We're, uh, you know, if I, I'm thinking I'll probably change our boiler early next year and that will probably be the last gas boiler we ever have. Yes. Yeah. Going back immersion, aren't we? Going to electric, aren't we? Will it be an electric boiler, though, or will it be the, a tank? Have you seen that they want these, uh, what are they called? The heat pump system. The ground source heat pump thing. Yeah, that's what they want to fit. They want to do that to 600,000 houses. Aren't they notoriously rubbish? Oh, no, that's storage heaters. Um, ground source heat pumps, you have to lay. Yeah, they've got to use the term. You have to lay cable. You have to lay, like... Hundreds of meters of pipe under. Is it not just in the earth and it gets the earth's warmth or something? They've, they've got to dig up. Your, they've got to dig up your drive and stuff. Put it well, in. the only the only ground source heat pump I've seen was on Grand Designs, and this fucking guy got it, and he and he converted a castle, and he had to dig up like two hundred square meters. And lay, you know, pipe up and down, up and down, up and down, like sort of five hundred meters of pipe, and it got the warmth from the earth, basically. What if you get a leak? Well, you fucked. I don't want this new ground pump magma chamber system. What? What's your ground source heat pump understanding, Phil? You probably you probably know what it is, really. No, not really. All right, okay. No, but I mean, That's you're gonna have to. The the thing is, you're gonna have to have that or go electric, aren't you? Wasn't that yeah. super expensive electric? More than more so than gas, and that's the that's the reason why 
I was told not to switch the immersion heater on as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's subsidised from the North Sea, isn't it? Gas. Right. So it's cheap. Uh, what it used to be. Yeah. So is electricity going to be cheaper all of a sudden, or, or what? I guess not. No. No, because we're going to have to be paying for all of the the wind farms and nuclear power stations. Then you've got to put your carbon tax on top of that as well. Yeah. Have you got anything, got anything to say about uh, ground source heat pumps, Dan? <laughs> no, I'm just glad I started this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I don't fit, I don't understand with the uh, electric cars? Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do if you live in a terraced house? You'll get. A, I imagine you'll just have a, a, a somewhere to plug it in outside underneath your window, won't you? Next to your door, but you run a cable. But you know what it's like if you've ever lived in a terraced house. You can't always park in front of your own house. People take your yeah. space. They tend to be in mm. in and around town centres. A lot of commuters. They would mm. have to make them all permit roads as well. It'd have to be in the curb, yeah. otherwise you're going to be trailing. Yeah, can you not just pop out the curb? The pavement, people <laughs> tripping over them. Scallies coming and unplugging your car at night, and then you get into yeah. to work. You've got no power. Fandom That's what you like to do with Asda, then, ones. Hmm. Like they do with Asda. What do you mean? They're already, they already just, you just plug them in. Yeah. All right. Have you seen the front end, the disabled bit? There's like the like a bollard, and you just come plug it in. <laughs> You'd have to have one outside everyone's house on a on a terrace on a row of terraces. Yeah, this is what you were saying, mate. Yeah, I don't, I don't get up. it. <laughs> They'd have to dig up the roads. It'd be better if you just had the socket like in the curb by the road. So you can't see. They might do your they might do your plumbing and your electric all at once. Well, so basically, they get all up again. What'll happen is all the poor people that live in terraced houses will not be allowed to have cars. Yeah. Well, that's sensible because there's nowhere to park them. Yeah. And that's what happened. They used to have a bus service that stopped right outside our house when I was growing up. And now there's no bus services hardly ever. In fact, there's no buses. They've got rid of all buses. So, are people going to get to work or will they not have to work? Or will everyone work from home? Or work in the virtual office? uh, uh, what's that thing? Universal basic income and no one owns anything. <laughs> yeah. New World Order. The Great Reset. New World Order. Hmm. Someone should invent a, an internal combustion engine that runs off all right, petrol or diesel or something and we could use that. Don't they have that way to... you won't be tied to the electric grid. Wasn't hydrogen going to be a thing at one point? Yeah, a few so. <laughs> They're very heavy, aren't they? I don't know. Hydrogen, yeah, hydrogen fuel cells. There's, there's one exists. Have a like Nissan or Toyota built it, but it was incredibly heavy. So it's probably, it's, I think it's more suited to railway. Couldn't we have like normal cars if they if they put all the money and effort into having electric or hydrogen fueled trucks? If you converted all the trucks and, and stuff, you'd probably have a huge impact on the on the environment. And trucks aren't often parked outside terraced houses. Mm. So you'd solve that problem as well. well but all we this could... is happening in the next 10 years, right? 2030. Nine. That, that's not going to happen. 
It is happening. Well, well no, it's um, this. It's the. It's the sale. It's the sale of new petrol and diesel only cars. Some hybrid cars are going to be allowed, aren't they? The used market prices are going to go through the roof. No one's going to want an electric car if the infrastructure is not there. For, they're going to hold out for as long as yeah. possible. You'll, it'll be like Cuba, where people are driving around in beat-up yeah. old 50s cars. Yeah. At least we'll have rum. Rum? Is it rum in Cuba? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you go. Oh, lost Dan. See you, Dan. See that? Oh. Uh, Ronda Cuba. An a He's probably going to do some sit-ups. I guess that's why Rum was big in the pirate stuff, and pirate novels and pirate videos, because yeah. of the, uh, why? The, the, uh, the pirates around the Caribbean. All right, yeah. Made from sugar cane, isn't it? Rum. Yeah, and didn't they use it to drive off things like scurvy? It was basically a... Basically, what Trump was saying: inject, um, inject some uh, antiseptic <laughs> cure all. They used to, uh, they used to eat bucan. You heard of bucan? Did Trump say that? I've never oh, seen yeah. that quote. I've still not seen that. Oh, hello, Did Dan. he say it? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just went. He just went off. Sorry, I went for my charge. No fucks yeah, given. No run. Ages ago, when he was talking about uh, we need to inject uh, Dettol or something. Didn't use a brand name and something about light. If we could get light inside our yeah. veins, we'd kill the virus. Or, yeah, sure. or uh, just let people out in the summer, in the sunshine would do it. Be a better yeah. way. In fact, that could be part of the reason why it's the season. Why there's a seasonality effect? It could be UV having a, a, some effect on it. I don't know. Huh? Vitamin D or vitamin D. Oh, did you see the mm. Matt Hancock's finally caught up with this podcast? And he's announced vitamin D free supplies for certain age groups and people in vulnerable categories. Yeah. Good. Phil, I've got a question. Go ahead. What do you think about Joe Rogan's Spotify switch? Uh... Oh. Have you done it? Have you done this one? No. No, really? Have we? No, we've talked about it in passing, I think. Um, Yeah, Yeah, we've touched on it. Initially, I thought, oh, fucking sell out. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty st- still there, pretty much. Oh. I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't have done it if I was him. I know it sounds probably stupid because he didn't he get 300 million or something, 30 million a year or whatever, I can't remember. Was it? I think he was doing all right without it. And why you would you... Come. The whole point of his podcast was it was immune from advertisers. And it was immune from commercial sponsors. That's why he could say what he wanted and have people on, like Alex Jones, for example. But he did have him on recently, and he was he's on Spotify. Yeah, he did, yeah. The only, the only yeah. difference I noticed though is they made a lot of effort to make sure what he was saying was right, and I've never known him to oh, go dear. to that great effort. And it's early days yet, Don. Give it, give it a year, and then see. <laughs> You know, I just don't see why you would want that corporate overlord. 
because uh, it's a, it must it mustn't have been making or stood the chance of making a hundred million or whatever it is. I think this is he can make a hundred and thirty million, can't he? I think that's what I read. He was if make, he hits certain targets, he was making a fortune, and he's, yeah, he's already a successful stand-up comedian, TV presenter. He doesn't need the money. That's what I, I don't know. get. I know it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's not funny though, is it? I don't watch it. I I, I give up listening months ago. The only one I've listened listened to recently was with um, Brian Marekidu, is it? The author of um, the book about the uh, (laughs) about the Kukion, the Greek Kukion, the drink of the Eleusinian mysteries, the immortality key. The immortality key. No, no, that's probably one I've not watched. <coughs> and uh, Graham Hancock was on with him over Skype because he wrote the foreword for the book. So it's was it a good one? Yeah, well, I bought the book, so it worked on me. Yeah. They had these that's things nice. called ancient mystery schools in ancient Greece, and uh, all the major luminaries used to go to this place called Eleusis, not far from Athens, and get initiated. And it was a highly secretive organisation. Um, on pain of death, you wouldn't reveal what happened during the Eleusinian Mysteries. And there's, so there's very little written record. We don't know much about it. Uh, we know like people like Cicero, Plato, uh, Emperor Hadrian, all these guys went and were initiates. But it seems that part of the thing that happened was they had a, a drink, called the Kukion. And uh, the whole premise of the book is he's trying to find what this, what was this in this drink. Because there's been speculation that hallucinogenics were involved. Ayahuasca? Like ayahuasca. Um, more likely um, the thing, uh, Salem Witch Trials. Uh, ergot. Uh. You heard of ergot poisoning? No. Uh, yeah. There's been records throughout history of, of like, you'll have a village and they'll have, like, a mass hallucin- hallucination event. Right, okay. And it turns out it'll be ergopt on the wheat, and it's, like, is a it, hallucinogenic, poisonous thing. Is it a mould or something? Yeah, I don't know exactly, but... Fungus again. It will be a bit, won't it? A fungus, yeah. Who was that, um... Joe... Is it Joe Jackson? The guy who organised the big mass, um, you, everyone drink this and we'll all die together. Oh. I'm not going to drink mine or you go first. Brian Jones. Uh, was he in? Brian Jones. There's the, been a few, haven't there? The Kool-Aid. What, do you the mean? Kool-Aid thing. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. No, I'm trying to think. I swear it was like Joe Jackson or something. He had a big, a big following. I just can't think of the word, what you call him. Um, a cult? Yeah, it yeah. was a cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a big cult. And then he did the whole big mass suicide thing, and there's an audio recording. You can hear like women and children screaming. Jim Jones. Jim, Jim Jones, Jones. That's it. What did I say? Joe Jackson. Yeah. He's a boxer. I thought he's Michael's brother. Yeah, and I think there was one more recently. What was the? Were they called the Children of the Stairway or something? I can't remember what they were Ooh, called. That's, that's a freaky name. It wasn't that. It, something of God. One. Children that, of God. It's either that or a good band name, Children of the Stairway. <laughs> and it'd be stair as in 
Stare with your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever have you ever read much or, or seen much about um, uh, what's the uh, David Koresh? No, I've heard the name. Do you not remember this? It was it was during our childhood. Um, Which one is it? The David Koresh, who was the cult leader, and he had people hauled up in a compound in Texas. Waco. Oh, the sh- Waco. The shootout. Waco. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the shootout. Yeah. Oh, was this the one on Netflix? Yeah, they've done a. They've, they've made it into a drama, haven't they? I think. Yeah, so interesting, isn't it? How they do it? What do you mean yeah, the cult they leader? Shag them all, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that's he what just hates him. You, you. <laughs> yeah, what, it. what is yeah. it? It is nuts. Imagine being that good at public speaking that you can handpick who you're going to sleep with. I am. <laughs> I've seen you. Do you think um, people are sleeping, just not sleeping with you? <laughs> oh, that's what you meant. It's a different type of sleeping with. <laughs> people like um, Jim Jones and David Koresh. What's the sort of what do you think's like the going on? What's like the condition they have? Because then obviously they're not right in the head, are they? Mm-hmm. Messiah complex. Yeah, is that what you'd call it? Social yeah, isn't it? Nar- massive narcissist. Mm. Um, yes, psychopath, sociopath. I don't know if it's an empathy problem. It's just that grandiose sense of self that I definitely know how to fix these problems that are going on. But, and yeah, I'm going to pick people that aren't too sure and just tell them that this is the definite bit like Hitler, I suppose. <laughs> Charismatic orator. Yeah, and if you're good with your words, you know, one booming speech here and there. I think the thing is, is if you're a narcissist, then you're going to really believe what you're saying is Mm. true. And that probably comes across if you're then speaking to a a group of people, I guess. Yeah. But then it's like, it's not necessarily, it tends to be people that are running away from stuff or need a yeah. change or da, 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 that buy into it. There'll it? always be that group of people though. Like, have you ever heard Manson speak? There is something quite, um, I can't think of the word, quite mm. viral about it. Like you do want to watch it and you do mm. want to listen. Russell Brand has that a little bit, I think. Is there a bit of mesmerism going on, do you think? Mm. Yeah, because it's so, so different, isn't it? That it's like, that's why it's so interesting and so watchable. I was going to say, you mentioned Russell Brand. I was going to say, are there are there any examples, well, I'm sure there are more examples yeah. of people who have this issue but use it for good or neutral purposes. Well, I was going to say Russell Brand. good or neutral outcomes, rather. I think, because he's gone quite spiritual with it, hasn't he? He did a talk called Messiah Complex, and the whole spin on it and the end was how, at the beginning, he sort of jokes about Messiah Complex and how, you know, he's... He's similar to Jesus, but he isn't. Um, and he picks other cultural heroes like Che Guevara, people like this, and he sort of does the similarities and differences between him and them. And at the end, he sort of ties it all well. And it's really, really interesting and funny and insightful all the way through. And I think he's a good example, but I think he escaped. He nearly got into politics, didn't he? I don't know if you've ever seen that True's News he used to do, yeah. where he used to do that YouTube show, and he did really well. And he, ne- and he definitely nearly went down the route of becoming a 
political leader, but I don't. I think he got a good woman, didn't he? He had kids. He has a good sense of humour. I don't know if Hitler was funny, but you know, I think it kind of helps if you can laugh at yourself. So I don't. I don't think his ego played a bigger role later on in life. I think he kind of calmed down a little bit. But I think if you got him in his early twenties, you seen him doing all them protests and things like that. I think he would have gone to that level at that point. But I think later on in life, he just channeled it somewhere else and then made a joke of it, which, you know, pays the bills. I think he's a good example. He's so eloquent as well, isn't he? Incredible. Where does that fit in with the sort of um, internet influencers like ourselves um, who have, who go viral <laughs> and have huge, huge followings? Like, Taylor Swift has a massive following. All right, she's a, she's a musician. Um, but is there anything other than that outside that's driving that that popularity and and again is is this is another form of mesmerism or i've never heard a talk about anything i've just heard music mm. i think i think that's a difficult one because there's always been musicians that get a big following but there's definitely influencers that don't have a specific talent other than gaining views by different means and i don't know if you remember there was a period of social pranks on YouTube. Yeah. And that was just a way to gain views under the false pretense that there was some experiment to see how society reacts. And it went as far as elaborate planks of planks, pranks of kidnappings all the way to shouting in a McDonald's. And there's something as the viewer that clicks gone then let's see what happens if you shout in a Mackey's. And you watch it, you don't really equate it to giving them millions of pounds, but it just does. It is interesting. No, they're not really followers, right? The people no, no. who take a passing interest for an extremely short amount of time and then move yeah. on, and then that's counted as a as a point, an internet yeah. point for for said person. The worrying thing is that I see is the people that have, and fair play to them, they diversify after they get this following, and they'll move into something else. So if you get a following of a million people that will always watch your videos, never mind me or you that might just watch it to see if it what happens if you shout in a Mackey's. Then there's millions of people that are behind you will follow you into something else just to see what it's like. So some of them start doing music and stuff, and then the first song they bring out gets a million views. You don't mean it's any good. It's just a million people knew who you were and now want to see how crap your music is. Mm. But then a million views on a song is, I don't know. I often think that more than a boiler. Children's book authors, all these celebrities that bring out children's books, there's loads of them, and none of them mm. are authors, and they'll bring out a children's book, and a lot they'll mm. get a lot of sales. But you're right, the, the children's book is probably awful. I mean, it's difficult to yeah. difficult to gauge grammar in, in, a, in a, a children's book. But, you I know, think they forget, that, like, their bar is here now. So anything you you do has to beat that bar. You can't just say, compare it to if we did something. Because you're always going to be that, but I think the, I think it's part of that ego, and that. Well, that that probably harks back to Joe Rogan and why he's gone over to Spotify. He's, he's got that bar, and what can get him, what mm. can get him higher? Well, yeah, I'll yeah. tag onto this this network that has X million number of people on it. Well, we were talking about something similar at work actually about Trump and like how yeah. he's he's clearly a narcissist, and if he was in a a working class environment, his narcissistic personality would be something he'd need therapy for because if he worked at Asda on the tills, he wouldn't get anywhere. No one would like him, no one would work with him and he'd never get promoted. But given the the status economically that he had, it's pushed him to the top. 
Now, in his mind, what does he do next after being the president? There is no higher position, so I reckon he's just going to go. He's just going to implode. There's not. There's nothing left for him now that anyone will care about. I told these guys that I, I had a, a bizarre dream during the American election where um, I think the last thing I'd read before I went to sleep was that he'd gone back to the Oval Office and there was a Marine stationed outside the door. That's how he knew he'd gone to the Oval Office. Uh, anyway, I went to sleep. And in my dream, it, I was in the Oval Office watching Trump and he was behind his desk. He just pulled it, pulled his drawer open and pulled out it like a a magnum or something and finish himself off. No. I thought, what the fuck? What a, what a way to end. <laughs> I mean, and that, that's, that got me thinking about, well, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. how do you go higher than that? For, well, for an make sure what do you do? Make sure you're remembered forever, be that yeah, yeah. for yeah. good or bad purposes. Anyway, it was a weird dream. Think Either cheese, that, or he'll do Christmas number one. Well, yeah, I mean, it's that's the, the safer bet. It's the, it's the same level, isn't it? Yeah. There was a, a rumour. <laughs> it was equally as messy. <laughs> There's a rumor he was going to start his own news channel. Oh yeah, I could see that. Definitely. What happened to? There's a news channel starting here, isn't it? GB News or something that's supposed to be. Not heard anything. Not heard anything for a while. It's Andrew Neil who's behind it. Oh yes. Yeah, he's left the BBC, hasn't he? Uh, I think it's good. More news, more different news outlets. I, I think they'll be sort of going, they'll be pitching themselves against the normal mainstream five-channel news outlets. Uh, I think it is, it's it's going to be more in-depth. So, you know, if you watch, say you watch Channel 4 News, it's an hour long, you get maybe 10 minutes per segment. Whereas I think... This is going to be based on some of the American uh, news channels where they have our... It's not like rolling news, like news, like BBC News 24. It'll be hour-long shows. And, you know, there'll be right. the Andrew Neil show, the mm. Des O'Connor show, whatever. <laughs> Des How often before they start showing reruns of Friends, though? Like, it'll just do what M- MTV used to be, music <laughs> videos. Our Friends... GB News used to be news. And it, uh, there'll be adverts, right? I imagine it's going to be advert, heavily advert-based, because everything is. I presume so, yeah. yeah there's, well, there's only the BBC that doesn't run adverts. So, yeah. so no. I'm guessing... Well, yeah, it's not going to be publicly funded, is it? So it's going to have to no, have adverts. Yeah. Dan, what do you think about the licence fee? <laughs> As a millennial... Yeah, so yeah, let's get a millennial perspective on uh, the TV license fee. Fucking nonsense, isn't it? <laughs> That's BBC Three, like I've not watched it. Dan, you'll know. <laughs> Reruns of Family Guy, I think. Um, I haven't watched the BBC program in forever. I don't know. You don't have. Not, I can't even think what I would watch. Match of the day, but. But you don't. Mm. So you don't consume no. the BBC. This is why you resent being forced to pay for a TV license every year. Yeah. Uh, what would you do with it? What would you do with the license fee? What with the money? No, I mean, how house. would you? Would you <laughs> start the plan? <laughs> yeah. How, how would you reform it? What would I do instead of it? Yeah. 
I think there should be a service where you pick the channels you watch and you just pay for that. So like a Netflix, everyone's a Netflix. So yeah, you pay. and it's the same with, with sporting events. Like, why do I have to say, I don't want to watch Fulham versus Reading. I want to watch United versus City. So why can I not just pay for that game and then it go off at the end? I don't want to watch the other yeah. shit. I don't want to, I don't want, you know, I want to watch reruns of Catfish. That's a good TV show. <laughs> but I don't want to watch um, Keeping Up With The Kardashians. I should be able to pick and choose the stuff I want to watch. We're almost there, aren't we? Yeah, I think that's the direction we're heading in. You know, because we've got yeah. Disney Plus <laughs> arrived this year. We've talked. Mm-hmm. We talked about this years ago on the podcast that this is Ben. I think you were bemoaning the fact that pretty soon, in a couple of years, you're just going to have eighteen different subscriptions for four ninety nine. Mm. Yep, yep. And you'll watch a handful of shows from each, but you'll need them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Otherwise. yeah. This is the problem. It would be better if we could get rid of these networks and do it show by show. Yeah, yeah, uh, d- yeah, definitely. That would be. But that's what YouTube is, isn't it? Really. That would be the like the market answer, the market mm. solution, the capitalist solution for it, wouldn't it? Someone tried that. Mm. What was his, the what? It was another one. He got caught wanking. He's a stand-up <laughs> comedian. Louis C.K. Yeah. He, he didn't get he, caught wanking. He asked them to stay in the room. All right, whatever. And uh, he <laughs> he recorded he's, he recorded a sitcom and put it on his own website. And it's a massive sitcom. I've never yeah, seen it's on it. Yeah, Netflix, that one, isn't it? Louis, isn't it? It's called Louis. Yeah, yeah. It was quite good. It was all right. I watched one episode of it. I would you say that because the barrier to entry has been lowered because of the internet, that this is more, a more realistic possibility. Mm. The problem is, is if you take a show like Game of Thrones and think what the production costs are, mm. um, yeah, you're gonna you've got to sort of pitch for funding, and then it's it's make or break with the show. There's no studio backing. Yes, it'd be, it'd be brave, wouldn't it? If you were, can you imagine going back ten years and like, right, we're gonna make the first season of Game of Thrones. The uh, budget for the first season is uh, twenty million pounds, and then you've got to charge for that <laughs> for that season enough to get that money back. There's probably a good, you know, people would be up for that. I think. What if yeah, you, could, you could even crowdfund it, couldn't you? Well, again, that has been done. I'm, pretty, I'm sure that got done with Community, did it? Might be getting that wrong. I'm sure people get these subscriptions for one or two programs max. So people are paying for Sky, but just for the sake of watching Game of Thrones. That's the thing. Yeah, I remember when I think it was Sky Atlantic launched. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty much the only (laughs) channel with anything that I would watch on it. Mm. And so I had to pay whatever it was, 30 quid a month for one channel. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I've always said it about sporting events because it just seems the most feasible. Yeah, but this is it exists to some degree. Not game by game, though. No, but by boxing, bo- bo- boxing's easy, isn't it? Boxing, you just box nation, you 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 get it and you get the whole night. But I don't get why that's not transferred into football. Pay per view across the board. Yeah, is what we're thinking. Yeah. All right. Clubs- I was going to say some clubs want to do that, don't they? Have their own, sell their own rights. 
it's only 90 minutes, so you'd have to have some like pre match, like five aside or something, yeah. some, a warm up game. You could do it with basketball because it lasts forever, and, and you mm. can have pre matches. You can do it with boxing because it's all night. A test match would be great. I'd, I'd, if I had the time, I'd totally sit down and watch a test match, pay for it. Four days. Four days of rest. <laughs> <laughs> Just Aggies doing anecdotes. Just to uh, play devil's advocate, Dan. <laughs> Some people would say that one of the... Oh, no, 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 no. You need to do it in the voice. What voice? Uh, Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> Some people would say that it's a good thing to have a state-funded service. <clears throat> that there are some benefits to that. I mean, I'm all for no adverts. I just want good content. I'm not watching Graham Norton, Joe. Are you, are you referring to the, the soft power, Phil? Where we, so, like, we spend a lot of money in Africa producing content. In like pigeon English and stuff. I just, just they're just notoriously crap, aren't they? How long does it take them to come out with a Killing Eve? <sighs> They've just always been crap. Netflix just fire them out. Like series after the difference between Netflix is they have. Last time I checked, it was just over a hundred million subscribers. So if if it's anywhere between, is it five and twelve quid? So that a month, yeah. Are they making a billion? Is that ah? This is the problem. They're not. Yeah, ma- they're not making a penny. They're losing well, money. That's what I mean. Sorry, but they generate a billion, don't they? But they're investing content, aren't they? they they're not making the any money yet. <laughs> and it, it only grew out of the absolute tripe that's on TV. Mm. Yeah. If if they were producing Killing Eve, like look how much they pumped into Downton Abbey. <laughs> Now, there's only, a, you know, a certain demographic that are watching the BBC that are going to watch Downton Abbey. Oh, Killing Eve brought them back, and then what <laughs> Netflix would have done is hit you with a new series recommended for you because you like Killing Eve, something else that's great, but it's yeah, not. But, do you know, Dan, about eight years ago, when I first got Netflix, no, it wasn't even that long ago, <coughs> I think I got it for Breaking Bad. They didn't, they didn't make their yeah. own stuff. No, no, you're right. I remember Love Film. Yes, yeah, I love film. Yeah, I've still got this in the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, do you know what? they went wrong those early ones? Because and Netflix figured it out that there's only so many times you can watch um, Armageddon and Love Actually because that was the level of films they used to have on. And Netflix went off with series, and Love Film kept trying to hammer you with these terrible like petrol station DVD films, and then it just went. Whereas Netflix went off with the series and it turns out, and it's the same as the podcast. People do want to sit down and watch something that is that long. Mm. Films and general interviews, you know, like, like on the Graham Norton show, no one wants five minutes of Jason Statham and fucking Daniel Radcliffe. Like people will actually invest in hours if it's interesting, if it's good content. And that's why I think they are dying off. And to make you pay for it, Jesus. That's my point. Mm. I'd get rid of it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, get rid, I'd get rid of the license fee. Yeah. I don't I think. A, I listen to a lot of radio now, though. Yeah. It, it's not the license fee, it's the, the language they use around it. The 
the vans they claim exist <laughs> and uh, the profit they make when they sell you one at the door. It's all that side of it that just drives me nuts. The profit? What? What's the last bit? Well, if you sell a TV licence, as the TV licence people, you make £20. Right. Huh? It's fucked. If they get to your door and they manage to strong arm you into buying one, they'll right. make a bonus. They are salesmen. Oh, right. Okay. I, I went and they down. Don't, and the vans don't exist. Have you ever seen a van? <laughs> no. No. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole about a year ago and it was a playlist on YouTube called TV Licensed Goons. And it was, <laughs> and it was people with cell phones recording yeah. what happens when the TV licensed guys just them slamming the doors in their faces telling them to fuck off. Yeah. Do I legally what? have to answer these questions? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not entering any contracts. I haven't agreed to enter the contract with you. Yeah, yeah, you can't come in, you can't come in. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to tell you. No, no, no. (laughs) I've I've been looking in the window. I was was walking past and I looked in your window and I saw the TV on. (laughs) And some of sometimes they let him in and they come round and and, and they come and check. And like the guy's like, I just have a DVD player, mate. I just watch movies. Yeah, yeah. And they go and they have to go, can I do, I have to check your equipment. (laughs) So they go and look round back at TV to make sure there's not an aerial wire. All the rest of it. It's, it's, it's on its last leg because it's the days of Wi-Fi now and GDPR. Yeah. They can't access what you're watching through your Wi-Fi. So it is just coming to your house and scaremongering and putting a fake dish on a van. Well, you were going to say you've never seen the van. When I, was, when I did my brief stint at uh, Salford University for two years, there was a, a TV licensing van with four old aerials stuck on its roof. <laughs> And they occasionally left it parked in the car park near the Shins Union. Really? That's scare tactics, that? Yeah. That's terrible. I wish we could, we, I wish I knew someone that knew someone that worked TV license and they can yeah. just come on and say, listen, we're just, we're sat in the van laughing. We're not doing nothing. <laughs> Watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they, they, they probably were just going door to door, weren't they? Scaring yeah. students. But well, they, they they know, don't they? They know. Like, they, I, they yeah, go for your postcode. They know if an address hasn't paid a TV license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't have to have one, do you? No, no. So, where you know, it is just it's scaring you. I was thinking this the other day. You know, that's like common, aren't they? Essentially, do you remember? You know, like in ancient Greece, Phil, you might know. You know, like in ancient Greece, you know, like the oracles that they used to go to. Am I going to win this war? I might know. I feel like it's more Phil. Okay. <laughs> you know, like the oracles, the, guy, the lepers, oh, you're going to win, attack him on the hill, that kind of stuff. They must have known they were lying. <laughs> you know, like the televangelist we were on about last time with the rocket, uh, with the oh, yeah. with the airplane. They they must have been like the first day, of, you know, first day and age of con men. They were just like, you know, just tell him he'll win. And Narcissists, he'll leave though, they, they believe themselves, like you said earlier, Dan, that, you know, televangelists, classic example. I, I think they actually believe that they're right. Yeah. I'm torn with it. I'm re- I do think there's that. I think it is that um, cult mentality and I'm the leader. No. And I do, and then I think a bit of it is to go, I'm getting paid a lot. I've just got to keep this yeah. going. Do you know? But imagine launching a war. <laughs> I, I think you, you're all completely wrong. Uh, I think um, you're talking about like divination 
what they used to practice where they would like read the entrails and stuff. There was a there was a story last year and it was a farmer down in like Arkansas or something and he could open up one of his it was a pig farmer I think and he could open up one of his pigs, look at the spleen and predict the weather. Nice. Something and it was founded in science and biology. They explained how it worked and there was something something changed in the season or the temperature would alter the the food and that would cause a reaction in the spleen and this farmer was so in tune so in tune with the nature that he could look at that spleen and say and predict like the next harvest a witch it's what a war it's called Come divination on. and and they, they they practiced it for thousands of years there's too many moving Science parts bitch. in that though I don't know. Spleens. The harvest, you only, I can believe. You only I have the to harvest, be, but come you, on. You only have to be right for it to, in a, a statistically significant amount. You don't have to be right every time. If you're more, if you're right more often than you're wrong, then that's but, a, yeah. a real but effect. But what you can do is you go, ooh, you must have done something wrong. Or the guy who asked you is dead because he lost and you don't have to face up to it. Um... I think it's it's a spectrum. There will have been chances and people who don't know what they're doing, but I think there there is some probably some knowledge that we've lost that might allow people to make predictions based on what we would call woo woo nonsense. I don't know. I'm open to the possibility. Got your side with me now, Phil. I really do. Oh. Uh, I have a, a work story. Oh, good. Not from this week. It was from last week. I didn't have time. You've been saving it. Well, no, we didn't have time last week because we had our hands full with Charlie Robinson. Yeah. And uh, we went long. But um, I was working for a family this uh, week before last. And uh, the dad was at work and the son was at work and... Um, the mother had to nip and take a mum to the hairdressers or something. So it was just me and the 18-year-old daughter in the house. And, God. Oh, it's not going where you, where you think it's going. <laughs> um, she's uh, doing A-levels. So she was on a Zoom call in the dining room, like a Zoom lesson in the dining yeah. room. Yeah. And uh, I was pottering around. It's been a bit of a ball ache because of people working at home. I can't yeah. just turn the power off when mm. I want to, so I have to work that, so I was fucking around doing some lights or something, and I had my earbuds in, I was listening to a podcast, can't remember which one, and um, I I just walked past where she was working in the dining room, and I just heard uh, on the, the teacher on the Zoom call saying, can anyone remember the names of those neo-Marxists we were discussing last week? And my ears pricked up, I thought, oh, this sounds interesting. I'll take my earbuds off, pause. I'm going to listen to this. And uh, it turns out she's studying law. And it got a bit garbled. I couldn't hear. And like the next thing I heard clearly was like, um, let's talk about victimhood, the teacher says. And she goes, there's two types of victimhood. So here's the first example. If I go out and I leave my house unlocked and I'm burgled, am I a victim? Anyway, are you going to finish your story, Phil? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Neo-Marxists. Can do, yeah. So you're in a room full of neo-Marxists. <laughs> yeah. I, I embellished a bit after you left. 
Yeah, the sort of less, next bit of the conversation bit I got a bit garbled, and then the next thing I heard her say was, um, "Let's talk about victimhood." Oh, so good. There's, there's two types of victimhood. Uh, first type: if I go out and I leave my house unlocked, and I <sighs> and I get burgled, am I a victim? And everyone in the class in the online lesson, I could hear him piping up saying, "Well, yeah, yeah, that's it." Of course you are. You shouldn't leave your house unlocked, blah, blah, blah. And they get, and then she goes, well, what about, put it this way. What if I'm an 18-year-old girl and I'm a little bit tipsy and then I get raped? Am I a victim then? I thought, fucking hell. And uh, she went on and said, I have my, I have a, an, I had an argument with my husband over this because um, he was about to have a conversation with our daughter about, not getting herself in uh, vulnerable situations. Mm. And uh, so I said to my husband, okay, so are we going to have a chat with our son about not being a rapist? <laughs> it's escalated quickly. And, then, uh, and I, was list- I was stunned listening. And, and then she said something like, um, I had to take notes. I took extensive notes of what she was saying. <laughs> I said, uh, I love my husband, but sometimes a bit of patriarchal thinking slips out of him. But don't worry, I set him straight. Oh no! It's like fucking hell. These are people poisoning the minds of the youth. Yeah, but surely she was. Um, was she not talking about in a more balanced way, like mm. the victimhood and the neo-Marxist? Hopefully, saying so, well, it, it might be bad. That was the end of the lesson. See you next week. Yeah, end of the lesson. <laughs> You might have missed you might have missed the stuff on the bad bits of being a victim. I just thought it was an interesting comparison to draw. Yeah, it's well, sort of um, the sort of thing of saying like you know we don't blame a young woman who's maybe a bit tipsy for being a victim. Uh, mm. Is where where's this question of personal responsibility come into the into it? What do you mean? Well, take the first example of if, if you leave your house unlocked and you get burgled, well, is it not your responsibility to make sure your house is secure if you're going to leave it? Yeah, I would say so. Right. Yeah, now, in an ideal world, you'd be able to do that, though. You would be able to just leave your house unlocked and no one will burgle it. Correct, yeah. but we don't live in an ideal world. No, we don't. We have, you have to are, live in the real dangers. world. And the real world is dangerous. Yeah. And there is an element of you should exercise caution in living your life in many situations. But at the same time, if you lived your life without taking any risks at all, I personally think it would be pretty boring. Yeah. That's only a personal opinion. I'm sure there's people out there who take no risks at all and, and love it. What's that old saying? I'd, I'd rather live a day like a lion than a year as a sheep. Yeah, got that tattooed on my back. <laughs> yeah, you have to take some risks. If you if you were prepared to take zero risks, you would never leave your house. No. Well, even in the house? Well, yeah, there are risks in the house. I mean, you, you won't be able to function as a human being at all. Yeah, you wouldn't live. No. 
So there's a balance. There's a balance because obviously that can go into recklessness, can't it? Hmm. We know uh, that young men, a uh, bit younger than Dan. <laughs> How old are you, Dan? Such a thing. How old are you, Dan? Uh, Twenty-seven now. Right. So, all oh, right. So you're actually a man now, I think. A fully developed man. A fully developed man, because isn't it about 27 where the prefrontal cortex finishes developing in males? Up to 25, isn't it? 25, 17 for girls. Up to 25. And 17 for girls. Something like that, yeah, 20, I think. And this is why, historically, men, young men, have always paid more for car insurance up to the age of 25, because they are less risk-averse. And we all know it because we've all done it. We've all been there. Yeah, I, I drive like a dad now. I do. You put a, you can put a fucking tennis ball on my bonnet. It, it'd still be there by the time I get to where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what changed my driving? The, do, you, do you remember? The many, many near-death experiences you have. <laughs> <laughs> Slamming various vans and cars into things. <laughs> I had two crashes in one day once. <laughs> two bumps, minor bumps, minor bumps. They weren't, weren't, you know, not insurance jobs. It was, a, you know, swap a bit of paint swappage. But you know what, cha- what I remember... Do you remember you two, a dad's, that first trip home from the hospital with your first child? Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell, that will yep. change your driving. Yeah. Your entire perspective on life changes. You're not just a easygoing, free and, free and easy guy. Hey, it doesn't matter if I die today. <laughs> Does it? I'm going to take this hill at 60, and I can't see what's on the other side. Uh, what's the worst that can happen? I might die. Never mind. Once you have kids, your that entire perspective changes, and all of a sudden you're thrust going back to Jordan Peterson. You're thrust with responsibility. You have a responsibility now, and life yeah. isn't about you anymore. You you are a secondary. <laughs> you're a secondary influence. Your life is focused on someone else instead. And I'm not trying to put you off or anything, Dan. <laughs> it doesn't matter so it's fine <laughs> it's the most important job in the world for us for us men particularly masturbating yeah, yeah masturbating. <laughs> I wanted to go back to what you said about the victim stuff though I don't I don't know the actual definition for it I'd be interested if the idea is that you have to have no um influence on what happens to you so you said being tipsy or leaving your door unlocked is it has to be something completely external to you then you are a victim so you get hit by well because then you'll never find the line will you of how you um how you couldn't have impacted that situation you could say i got hit by a drunk driver but then you could say oh well i shouldn't have been on the road so i don't really understand the definition where you would be a purely a pure victim by what she was saying in those standards. <clears throat> Unless it's an act of God. Yeah. Then you might, you might be able to. Cause you could always find some personal responsibility. I'm all for personal responsibility. I think it's the biggest thing we have to do at work is to encourage people to take personal responsibility to better their own situation. But the, the whole victim thing, I think, um, 
it does encourage that um, lethargy towards this has just happened to me and it happens all the time and I'm playing no role in it, which only encourages it. That's how you get bullied. You you have that demeanour, don't you? Or you get bullied in high school, then work, and then in later life because you carry yourself that certain way that always attracts it. I don't know if you've seen um, mm-hmm. 60 Days Inside. You've no. seen that program on Netflix. Really good. You get like talking about this, Dan, don't you? <laughs> They get, I'm trying program. it all in. I'm trying it all in. Um, but there was a fella on it. Who, basically, they get six contestants to go inside a jail for 60 days. Um, and it's very interesting to see the people before they go in, how they sort of are and how they react in that environment. And there was a fella who got bullied at high school, bullied at, um, at work, and then he wanted to become a, um, I can't think of the word over there, but a prison officer. Um, and he was really sort of, keen on changing this identity he had and he was the only one that got assaulted <laughs> and he <laughs> and he got assaulted um but he Seriously? went in with that he went in and his demeanor and everything about him brought people towards him to bully him and i don't think he ever sort of saw i think it would have been great for them to show him that well he will see the footage back but there was no responsibility of him to change the way he was doing he said he wanted to but he never did um, and then, you know, one of the first days he's like, oh, they have like a computer where you order your food in and someone <laughs> came over and pressed it for them, you know, like add a Snickers on and he just sort of went and then carried on with his order, which is like rule number one, like you don't show anyone what you're ordering and if anyone presses anything, you have to do something about it. And then that's it. Everyone knows he's a target and they can do what they want to him. Um, but in that sense, he created this identity of being a victim and they all fed off it. And he was. And I a, think that's got. Go on, sir. He was a correctional officer. No, he wanted to be, so he went on the show um, to get the experience of being a prisoner. So when he went to do an interview, he could say, "Well, I've done sixty days inside," you know, oh, just to give him a little bit of something else in the interview. But this sort of identity that had been—you don't know. Obviously, there's lots to it, but this sort of bullying that stuck with him throughout school, he's sort of created this identity, and it carried on in the program. And you could see it from day one that it was not going to end well. Um, but I'm, from what you just said about that teacher, I'd be interested to hear her perspective of it. Yeah. That was it, really. Well, the, the fact that people can get bullied. No, but you you can create your own victimness. Well, yeah. yeah people it's a, people it's choose an, to be victims, don't they? It's an easy out. Isn't it? It's easier to blame something external than blame yourself. Yeah, but I guess that's not what she was promoting. Do you think the people who've lost their jobs due to coronavirus are true victims? Because that's an external influence, isn't it? An act of God? Yeah. Act of China. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to play your um, jingle for Dan. Which one? Well, the well, the Wuhan flu one to start off. Lockdown two. Yeah. We're going lockdown two because of Wuhan flu. Infection rates are higher. We're going lockdown two. We're scared of Kung flu. Boris is friggin' lying. Oh, Joe. Sip. That's good. Can I go back to what Ben said then? Yeah. No. 
Please do. <laughs> I think it's it's an interesting point. I would always, I, I do think that what would be the benefit of that mindset though? What mindset? I think there's, a, I think there's a really good context. argument. Ooh. I think, but if you've lost your job, would would your next step be to protest, or would it to be? I think for some, to concentrate on maybe giving yourself yeah, I mean, some peace of mind, then protesting. Well, yeah, I mean that's the ideal thing, but you've got to mm. go through your stages, haven't you? And while you're while you're angry and bitter, you might want to uh, hop on the train, mask up, I, go yeah, to London. I think it's probably a, a, a beneficial coping skill short term to go. I've just been fucked, but long term, it, it you know it must it must be easier to think of it that way. But long term, I think it's one of those coping skills that we work on when we work with anxious people that. You've got to help people see that that mentality, long term, is just going to bring you more problems. Do you think that they might look back at themselves and say, "Well, could I have could I have done better and been in a better job that may have been more secure?" That's that's a hell of a lot of foresight. Yes, yeah, not. I, have. I yeah. think that will just again that mindset as well. That'll just drive you insane because there'll be stuff that you've avoided by having that job that you'll never know about. Yeah, you know, you you had a job where you've just walked to work every day, and there was a a train crash on the way to Manchester. You'll never go. Thank God, I didn't work in Manchester. Yeah. Um, so if anyone ever came in with that mindset, then we would we would actually offer those alternatives to say, well, hang on a minute, look at all the stuff you could that could have happened. Um, it's taking risk, isn't it? I mean, even even by it's an example of taking risks it's, you know following a career path as opposed to another career path is a risk yeah. you know anything, it's mostly business owners isn't it yeah that, that's a hell of a, a, a risk to take to open your own business you're never gonna you, you, you know, I mean the amount of bugs that go around anyway it's just I think it's odd that this has got so much publicity <laughs> yeah it is it's down to the response that's why you know, back in October 2019, WHO pandemic guidelines were don't lock down, don't isolate people, wash your hands, and uh, stay home if you're ill. That was it. But it all Same changed as, this um, year. When we had swine flu, the last pandemic, it was wash your hands, keep your, keep your nose clean kind of thing. Um, there was nothing additional. Yeah, the world's gone insane. Do you think there's a bigger, a bigger plan in place what? No. You're talking about the reset, the great reset. Uh, I don't know what that is. But I just feel like the, uh, this reaction seems massively exaggerated, and I'm trying to think of why and who that would work for. Fringe benefits. It's it's a disproportionate. You can't argue that it's been a disproportionate reaction. Now we've spent. Um, all right, we've got a new disease. Um, we know it, the case fatality rates about between 0.2 and 0.8. We knew that in March. John Ioannidis, best epidemiologist in the world, in the world, knew that in March. So we knew the the, the CFR. Um, right. Well, what's the problem? If this gets out of control, it's going to overwhelm the health service, and we're not going to be able to treat cancers, and we're not going to be able to treat heart attacks and strokes and all this slot. Okay, what do we do? Get rid of all the uh, cancer treatment. Uh, cancel all the screening. Cancel all operations that aren't urgent. Cancel the dentistry because tooth toothaches really 
really uh, good fun to live with. And then we won't have our health service overwhelmed. <laughs> it's like, it's backwards thinking. Yeah, and the gyms as well. And what's it going to cost? Uh, about three times the annual NHS budget. Hmm. Is that all? Well, no, plus about another 50 billion. About 380 billion so far. But we're going to carry on and do it till March as well. It's fucking insane. Worst recession for three centuries, but- I think. It just baffles me because these these are highly intellectual people. I don't get what's making their vision and the decisions so cloudy. And this is why this is why I always feel like we don't know the full picture because these these they can see it for what it sounds like yet they're still going ahead with it. So there's something else going on that's making them go through with it. They're trapped now. The politicians are trapped. They can't, they've no out. They can't walk it back. They can't admit that they made a mistake on this scale. It's suicide, political suicide. So we're stuck in this. The, uh, they're pinning the hopes now on the vaccine. They hope the vaccine will, uh, will give us an out. Do you think it's that simple? They're going to continue this for the sake of egos? They will do whatever's politically expedient. All, all they care about. They just they just replace the person, don't they? When it gets a bit shit, and the guy just goes, he steps down. That always happens. As soon as it gets a bit mucky, someone just he steps down. To. He used to. It's not happened in this um, administration, has it? Because someone stepped down the other day. The um, spin dots the guy. That's because he was he was um, wasn't he affronted by a decision that was made um, Back by his girlfriend apparently fighting. Yeah. Yeah. But, you Which know, I didn't understand. A couple of decades ago, or a decade ago, Cummins would have stepped down. Maybe not the mm. man, but the position. If you were to, if you had gone out against the government guidance and you were, you know, lambasted for it, you would step down. Uh, and that would have been expected. It was expected at the time, and it never happened. That the the MSP uh, woman, I can't remember her name. Yeah, same thing. It's not unique. It's not even unique to this country. Look at Gavin Newsom last week. Oh, yeah. Having the meal, the four hundred dollar ad meal with the uh, the lobbyists and people from the medical industry, and all social distancing nomads. Blackface. It's not just COVID. It's a lot of stuff is is not normal of late. What well, whatever normal was is is not the same as what normal is now. There's no honour. <laughs> There's no sort of honourable. <laughs> Honourable politicians. Japanese feudal society. <laughs> yeah. Were they ever, though? Or, you know, like, all the stuff you get up to and all the stuff I appreciate at some point wasn't reported and it's not as easy as it is now. I don't think they've ever been squeaky clean. Some of our previous guests would say that the um, the people with morals and uh, honour, they get weeded out before they get into those positions. Before they present the, uh, the pig for you to fuck. Yeah. Yeah, the, go, I don't know. The system has a way of filtering out people yeah. who have, you know, a spine, a conviction. Well, it's probably back to that what you were saying about um, that club with Plato in. The, cl- the club? That What's club he was in. <laughs> that band. <laughs> no, that sort of, uh, you know. Mystery religion. Yeah, that one. Because it, it's still, there's still a thing, isn't it? Bone, what is it, the bone, skull and bones? Oh, right. <laughs> Skull and bones. 
<laughs> Secret societies are a real thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Freemasonry. Was it Cameron when they said about the slept with the pig? That was the, that was the Bullingdon Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that definitely a thing. That is definitely a thing. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. It still exists, doesn't yeah. it? The Bullingdon Club. Oh yeah, you all do it. They've all got dirt on you, and then you play you play ball, don't you? Yeah, oh, I would yeah. say so. Time on fucking hell. We've done like nearly an hour and a half. All right, I'll do. Oh. Can't go yet. Laughing the oh. what? <laughs> go on, Dan. I'm watching my shitty series that Ben's ruined for me. <laughs> When's it start? I believe these hype. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hype it up. It's really good. What times it start? <laughs> well, because it's not a BBC program, <laughs> I can watch it when I want. Look at that plus one, right? <laughs> you know, um, what's that thing you used to do on video recorders? Like you put a code in. We we never uh, have one that fancy. Video plus. No, what to record the thing? Video yeah, plus. Yeah. No way. Yeah, absolutely. Look, back in when when we were young, you used to have to put the time and the date. That you wanted to yeah. record it, so you would say, "I want it to record on Wednesday, the eighteenth of November, for for an hour between eight and nine p.m." and it would record for an hour. And yeah. then it, programming a video co- recorder was famously complex, and everyone was different, Absolutely. and you had to read the manual. Mm. But then, as yeah. Ben said, something came out called Video Plus, and when you got your opened your newspaper to look what was on TV, after the title of each program it would be like a six digit code. And then on the video plus recorders, you would type in your six-digit code, and it re- oh. and it would record the entire series. It wouldn't require yeah. programming. Oh, what? Exciting That's living. Times. That's living. <laughs> video plus. Um, right. So let's uh, let's we'll finish in a minute. We have to do this though. Housekeeping. Oh. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. What do we need, housekeeping-wise? And I change reviews from Dan. Uh, yeah. What was it? Sorry. I change reviews. I'm pretty sure Dan's got an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. So there's every tune. Every tune. And I change reviews. <laughs> Yeah, we need iTunes reviews. We need people to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Send us. Yeah, yeah, getting hit by loads of people on YouTube at the moment. We are, yeah. Major growth. Uploaded. Yeah, major growth. 20% this week. Good. Has anyone slid into your DMs? <laughs> you Dr. Martins. <laughs> uh, what else can you do? How else can you be... Sense. How else can you become a producer? You can send us news clips, video clips, um, news articles. Send us memes for Instagram. Mm. Um, leave us a review. Um, buy some merch. Yeah. Yeah, merch. Yeah, merch. Yes. Oh, yeah. So it's quite nice. Go to the Um Oh, no, the link isn't there. Scroll down to the episode notes and uh, click on the Amish loot chest. And you can get your, your hoodies, your T-shirts, your put-on-your-fucking-muzzle-face mask. Yep. Uh, guaranteed, what? guaranteed to keep you warm in a cold house with no heating. Mm. And I was Inquisition hoodie. I'll have two. How else, <laughs> uh, what's the best way to become a producer? 
Um, Toss a fucking coin. Toss a fucking coin. Toss a coin to your Witcher, oh Valley of Plenty. I think you're hitting, oh, hitting the point, Phil. Oh, that. Toss a coin uh, to your Witcher, oh Valley uh, of Plenty. Uh, it really bothers me. Uh. Uh. Yeah, go to the uh, website, look for the PayPal button, and you can send us a donation there. And uh, we were discussing earlier that I think what we're going to do for the month of December is Mm. any um, donations we get through the website, we will donate to St. Catherine's Hospice. Yep. And uh, I will do an Instagram post tomorrow with all my Christmas lights up and uh, explain how that will work. So, uh, yeah, click a... Click on the donation button and uh, toss us a coin, and we will forward that coin to uh, a worthy charity. Yes, just for the December donations. (laughs) Just for the December. Sorry, sorry, are we going to match the donations? No. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, no problem. Oh, Ben can. <laughs> well, uh, this is normally the part of the show where I thank the producers for episode 161, but I've been that busy doing my Christmas lights that uh, I have neglected my responsibilities, <laughs> so I don't have the names of the producers. So you got Raymond Jet Squad? Got Raymond Jet Squad. I know uh, Full Metal Keto was fuck is on there. Tambourist of 2020s on there. Graham, Graham Dunlop from Grimerica is on there. He sent us a video today from from the protests in Toronto. So, um, nice. yeah, thanks thanks for your support for another week. You're literally the best mates. Literally. The best mate. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their love and the dwarf, the currants, the grape, the cunt, the communist, the homophobe, the misogynist, the cripple, and the mother of from hell. <laughs> because I, I believe I'm, I have an issue in this respect. I have an issue. I have an issue in this respect. We don't get enough donations. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Thanks. Mm. We're back next week. We've got uh, Mark Anthony Wyatt coming next week. We're going to be talking about Cornwall, about folklore, mythology. Right. And it's a cool name, isn't it? Mark Did you just Ant- say folklore? Yeah. I mean, tales of cutlery. Uh, yeah, Fork. Know where it came from. <laughs> Law of the folk. Folklore. Yeah. So, I don't know if we have anything to add. Is it time to go? Yeah. Yeah. School night. Cross your enemy. <laughs> crush my enemies I'm going to crush my enemies going to crush an enemy <laughs> last down again <coughs> right. we'll sign off yep okay. nice see to see week. you again Dan thanks for coming yeah thanks, thanks Dan <clears throat> you're going to ask Dan to stay in the line are you going to sack him off uh, it's up to him alright okay Crush your enemies. (laughs) See them driven before you and hear the lamentations of the women. It's also holds plural call pluters accountable. I'll make an effective strategy to mobilize true international pressure. 
I imagine the carrot is my penis. They are. Yeah. So. The dwarf. The carrots. The grape. The homophobe. The, the misogynist. The grandpa. Guns. The blind man. The cripple. And the mother. Honey, pick you in. From hell. <laughs> 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 